This episode of Behind the Bots is brought to you by Fingertech Robotics, North America's top manufacturer of combat robotics parts. If you're interested in building your first combat robot, check out Fingertech's Viper Kit, which includes everything you need to build a fully functional, competitive ant weight. Fingertech also carries a complete line of wheels, hubs, motors, and other components if you want to build a bot from the ground up. Check them out online at www.fingertechrobotics.com. Havoc Studios in Norwalk, Connecticut. This is Behind the Bots, the podcast that brings you the stories of the builders behind the bots. I'm Chris. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Kyle. And today on the podcast, our interview with Shatter Captain Adam Wrigley. We'll wrap up the show with this week's installment of Robots Around the World. If you like our show, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, CastBox, Player FM, and Podbean. You can follow us on Facebook at Behind the Bots and tell a friend. We really appreciate your support. Time for this week's Combat Robotics News. I have 1.5 news items for you today. First up, exciting news from the world of BattleBots plushies. A singing Technical T-Rex plushie is coming very soon. Technical T-Rex was one of the most popular segments on Tale of the Tape After Show, which we had a very small hand in producing with our friends at Hypershock and Witch Doctor. Well, now they're producing a stuffed T-Rex wearing a little lab coat that will sing you the Technical T-Rex theme song when you press its belly. Check out details on Witch Doctor's Facebook page, and uh, we will post that on our page as well. And finally, Norwalk Havoc is back in action this weekend, Saturday and Sunday, in Norwalk, Connecticut, streaming live over YouTube. If you're planning to attend the competition in person, uh, the team has been working very hard at totally renovating the Bot Museum, which got three additional robots shipped in this week, including a winner of the Giant Nut and one of the largest BattleBots to ever compete in the show. Plus, if you've ever wanted to meet us in person, we'll be hosting a brand new VIP pit experience where we'll take a small groups of people into the pits to meet their favorite builders. Check out the details on Norwalk Havoc's website. And that's it for this week's news. Kyle, was that the one or the 0.5 pieces of news? <laughs> uh, that would be the 0.5 pieces of news. If you didn't know Norwalk Havoc was happening this weekend, you don't deserve a whole news story on that. So the live stream two-day event with VIP experiences is about half as newsworthy as a technical T-Rex stuffed animal. I'd say that's accurate. Yes. Yeah, that's about it. Okay. Deal. I got it. (laughs) Are you guys excited for this weekend? Yes. Uh, I'm pretty excited. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to be running a robot that, uh, that makes me a little bit more nervous than excited. Um, but I'm ready to go. Well, not, I'm not ready to go, but Chris, Last week, you wouldn't tell us uh, really anything about uh, your new robot except the name. Uh, Is there anything else you're willing to reveal to our audience this week uh, to get them hyped up for the event, to get them interested in the event and all that fun stuff? Sure. Um, So I, uh, of course, with my with my family. Uh, my cousins, you know, we had built Darkside. What was that? The, The tail end of last year. A, a bot that we got kind of co-sponsored by the uh, the custom uh, saber shop online, which was like a robot that was made out of lightsabers, which um, exploded spectacularly and then almost qualified to go to the finals. But this, uh, this year, we got something different uh, cooking up. We found a, a really interesting sponsor uh, from K&P Brushes. Now, this is a company that makes industrial, like, city street sweepers. Uh, and you know, these are like the big tumbling, rolling stainless steel or, uh, abrasion resistant poly, uh, brushes, 36 inch discs, 24 inch discs, uh, that are pushed by bobcats and all sorts of things. So, uh, I, I, I reached out to them and I told them that I had this really, uh, you know, cool idea for a new bot 
So I took some of the design elements that I, you know, was inspired by huge. Um, and now I have essentially a bot that has a, you know, a central, uh, a body similar to a bot like huge with, um, uh, some, some axles that run out to these really massive 24 inch, uh, brushes that act as my wheels. Um, so they are, uh, they are a weapon in themselves. However, on top of this bot will be mounted a, um, uh, a flame delivery system that I hope, uh, will, uh, really burn up the competition. <laughs> Flame delivery system, as in, um, you're just gonna like send it in a nice, neat little package. Uh, is it going to be just, just uh, like delivered in a glop of flame? Like, here you go. Here's a glop of flame on top of your robot. What do you mean by flame delivery system? That's an interesting way of putting that. Uh, so, you know, there there really isn't a lot of thirty pounders that I could have mirrored my, my, my flamethrower off of, you know, of course we, we do have a couple, but this is a bot that's more built like a, a huge or, or like a, you know, a really large thwacker than, you know, uh, like a, like a, like a dragon princess or a mixtape, right. Which are compact, you know, low to the ground, uh, muscly bots. This is some, something that's kind of just like a Ferris wheel floating up there in the heavens. So I needed to get a, uh, a flame that would be able to reach my opponents, uh, but yet also be hot enough to uh, potentially cause some damage. Maybe not. <laughs> we'll see. There's still a lot of fine tuning to happening uh, to happen between uh, today and Saturday morning. So, you know, in addition, we're also hosting, so I don't get a, a lot of time to work on the bot in the pits. Um, you know, I'll plug, I'll shamelessly plug Team Alternate side now. If you're attending Norwalk Havoc or you have a bot at Norwalk Havoc and you're going to have some free time, uh, feel free to swing over to the Alternate side table because I don't know if I'm going to have any help this time around. Um, just because of uh, you know some 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 family stuff going on, the cousins can't make it, and uh, so I ain't got to juggle. I'll be juggling for two days. Um, so uh, get at get at us if you uh, if you want to join the fun. It's uh, going to be very dangerous, and um, we'll probably all die. Who's your first opponent? Yeah, yeah. So um, my first opponent is Death Charge, that bot that broke the box. <laughs> <laughs> you know that bot that destroyed the box. That's my first opponent. Yeah, viral video sensation, Death Charge. Uh, that's awesome. I'm really excited about that. Actually, that's yeah. Really I was I was also really excited to see the prediction poll that went up on the Discord, and that um, I think about 95 percent of the entire community really felt that Death Charge has a uh, has an advantage on alternate side. So um, <laughs> they they may be right, but we'll see. Saturday is uh, you know it's coming. Well, it's coming very, very soon. Well, we're very excited to see that and everything else that's coming on Norwalk Havoc. Social media is a buzz with people's builds and new innovations coming in for this uh, this competition this month. And that's it for this week's news. After the break, our interview with Shatter Captain Adam Wrigley. This interview is brought to you by MaxAmps and the company's new exclusive line of combat robotics batteries called Max Combat. Max Combat battery packs are built in the U.S. and designed for both durability and performance for combat robotics. Max Combat batteries come with custom wraps, including your team's logo, internal hard skins for extra protection, puncture-resistant wire sleeves, and a custom metal Max box for charging and storage. Check out the Max Combat section at MaxAmps.com. Today on the podcast, we have a very special returning guest, Captain of Bots FC, Adam Wrigley. Adam Wrigley has been in three seasons of BattleBots now. Uh, he's competed in China in multiple competitions, and um, he's also competed on the Norwalk Havoc scene now with, uh, with his bot Emulsifier on two different occasions. Uh, with his teammates, and um, yeah, he joins us here today to talk about future plans for his bot. So, uh, welcome, Adam. 
Thanks, Kyle. Happy to be on. Um, you did forget our brief uh, two-second appearance in the trailer for Series 10 of Robot Wars. Um, you know, very proud. Oh, right. I forgot. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that is on the wiki, though. That is, is on it? the wiki. You're officially uh, a Robot Wars competitor. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, Adam, it is officially uh, off season. It's officially planning season. It's officially what the heck is going on season in the combat robotics world. Um, I know you guys had a pretty darn good run uh, last year when it came to um, both BattleBots as well as the Norwalk Havoc scene. What is the plan this year? Specifically, I'm asking right now about uh, 30 pounds. Let's talk about Emulsifier. Let's talk about what's going on with that bot. And if you are planning on bringing any other bots into the uh, the Norwalk Havoc scene or any of the other lighter weight competitions at, during the offseason right now. Yeah, I mean, so certainly Emulsifier is going to be back, right? Um, we're bringing Emulsifier back. It's just a matter of when. Which competition are we going to go to? Um, that's what we need to figure out. But Emulsifier will be back in, in 30 pounds for sure. Um, we had a lot of fun at Norwalk last season and, uh, you know, we want to, want to do it again <laughs> and maybe, uh, <laughs> yeah. maybe win the championship this time. It was kind of heartbreaking losing the championship twice in a row. So close. Uh, so close. <laughs> I felt there was a moment where we had it and, you know, we just got to work on the mini bots. It's all, you know, we got to. Gotta do some more. It's all in the mini bots. Yeah. You know, the, I I think they're surprisingly, um, they do a lot. They're subtle. They're subtle in what they do, but um, they can they can get someone off their game for a split second, and then you can take advantage. So there were some turning points in a couple fights that the mini bots really helped with, um, especially the first fight versus Megatron. You can see the mini bot help pop Megatron up, and that's what Emulsifier got under him. We were unable to do that in the later fights and, and take advantage of it. And I think that that was like a big difference in them. But, you know, we'll, we'll, we have some plans for the mini bots. We have some plans for the main bot. Um, so we definitely are uh, are hoping to bring that back. Um, of course, Knockoff White. Everyone's always asking about Knockoff White. Now we're finally in the new Always rules. asking. Yeah, we've got the new rules now. Um, so we can bring it. Uh, so it's it's behind me under, under a blanket uh, covered up in, in a million pieces. Um, and we do want to bring it this season. It's just, again, figuring out the timing. When can we get it back together? We've got to order a few more parts. It needs a new base plate. Um, got to grab a motor out of shatter to put inside of it, uh, for the weapon. Um, and then we're, we're probably going to make a little mini Mary special blade for it. Um, so that'll be fun. So a few parts need to be made. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. It, it's not like a ton. It's like a, you know, a few hours of, of designing some bits and, and ordering them and then like a weekend of putting it together. Uh, but we just got to find the time um, in the middle of, of the shatter build to get Knockoff White together and then figure out which weekend we can go. But we're definitely planning to bring Knockoff White this season as well. So it's possible you might see an event with Knockoff White and Emulsifier at the same time. Not sure. Um, but we're definitely planning. So for our for our fans who have not, been to Motorama, right? I was at Motorama 2020. I watched the Emulsifier run. Uh, I watched that first shot, that first test shot where you stuck yourself into the floor <laughs> so hard that they had to pause the fight before it even started to come unstick you. And uh, that was when we all knew we were in for a good time. Uh, so please just describe for our audience, like, what is Knockoff White? Okay, so Knockoff White is our 30 pound, well, it's actually 45 pound uh, featherweight hammer robot. Um, and because we at Bots FC really don't like regular wheels, um, Knockoff White has shufflers. Um, so for those not aware, Emulsifier, the other robot we were talking about, is a vertical disc spinner with treads. Of course, our main robot, Shatter, has the mechanum wheels. And so Knockoff White has the shufflers. Um, we didn't previously bring it to NHRL because whereas uh, Motorama had a 50% weight bonus for shufflers, NHRL had a slightly lower weight bonus and we really couldn't get it down that extra few pounds. And so the, the reason why is because knockoff white was kind of built as a joke. Um, we just wanted to take uh, one of the weapon motors from shatter and put it into a featherweight. So our heavyweight has two weapon motors there's uh, on it. So two of them working together. 
we took one of the two and just dropped it in featherweight and just built the robot around that. And the only way we could get enough weight was by putting shufflers on it. The shufflers I made out of UHMW. The frame is effectively like it looks like a spider web of aluminum. It's barely anything there. Um, and then we've just got a UHMW front wedge and, and this uh, hammer arm. And like you said, it's ridiculously overpowered and likes to stick itself in the wooden floor. Um, it also pierced uh, two or three lipos uh, at that Motorama that we had it at. And, and we got a, um, uh, what was it? It was called like it was like the cool cool cloud bra award uh or something like that <laughs> lipo fires at motorama so we're really proud of that um that performance that year i think we lost in um the i want to say it was like the finals of the loser bracket to emulsifier and then emulsifier went to the finals um but uh it was it was a ton of fun um emulsifier that year got runner up and and most destructive and lost to uh megatron um as is tradition but uh <laughs> as is tradition um uh, so we're hoping to bring back knockoff white um this year it's been a little while um you know there was no motorama because of covid for a little while and then it came back um and we, we couldn't fit it in and and now with the new rules at nhrl um, we're really, really excited to bring it back and have some fun. We're not sure, you know, like how competitive is it going to be anymore? You know, the 30 pound league has gotten a lot more competitive, uh, since, uh, 2020, uh, when we last had knockoff white out there. So although I know like up until recently, at least knockoff white was number four featherweight on, uh, on the, uh, bot rank. We'll see, uh, we'll see how it, how it can fare. You know, maybe we'll need to add some forks or something to the front of it. Um, Cause I think we actually get, get a couple extra pounds now at, at NHRL if we bring a, a mini bot with it. So that'll be good to have a little bit of weight to, to play around with and maybe get a little bit more of a ground game going in the front ground game plus shuffler, you know, <laughs> they don't always go together, <laughs> but uh, it'll, it'll be fun. Uh, when you, when you've got 45 pounds too, you can just kind of bully people. Um, so it's, it's really fun to drive a knockoff way. It's really different from shatter, you know, shatter, with the mechanum wheels, even with the magnets, we're not really known to be like a pushing force, right? We can hold our own, but we're not like we're not like saw blades or anything. But when we get um, knockoff white going in the featherweights, we can just push people wherever we want them to be because we're just so heavy and big, and uh, it's it's really funny. Um, so yeah, the the funnest part about that bot for me is the sound it makes when it walks around it is so obnoxious like especially the hollow floor underneath the arena at motorama that thing just sounds like a drum like rapid fire going off or that whole place people would literally be walking through to go to other events and would hear that bot and be like what is going on in there and have to like stop and look in there was a moment where i, I thought uh, i thought we were gonna get thrown out uh we wanted to test and make sure that things weren't gonna vibrate loose so we put the robot in the test arena and just drove it in a circle for three minutes. And a test arena in Motorama has a metal floor and it's also hollow. And it was just like, <laughs> but, you know, amazingly loud and reverberating. And in Motorama takes place inside of a, um, it's like a, like a pig auction <laughs> room at the, the Pennsylvania State Fair. So it's, it's this like concrete room and it's just, vibe like reverberating everywhere there's no sound dampening in this in this room and it, it was so loud and i i think everyone went went deaf but it was great nothing vibrated loose um of course until we <laughs> our next fight and then the motor came loose so i was like you gotta be kidding me <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes yes that was uh that was the first ever robot combat event i took my five-year-old son to uh, and when you guys busted your first lipo and the entire room filled with smoke, I was like, oh, I should leave. I have a human with tiny lungs with me. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a little bit noxious. I, my, one of my favorite photos of all time and, and videos was from that event where we, we punctured. I can't remember who it was. We punctured someone's lipo and they just picked them up and threw them in a trash can because, you know, that's how you can contain the fumes and there's sand in there. And it's the best way to deal with it. But it's just so comical to me, like when your robot just literally gets thrown in the trash. And so that was, that was a really fun moment for us. You know, when you have a, a, a heavyweight hammer robot and you're trying to be in the same weight class, you don't get a ton of those 
battery piercing shots. We did get one um, last season at Battle Boss. We were really excited about. Um, but you know, it, it's it's harder. Uh, and when we were at that lower weight class, and we had like 15 pounds on everybody, and we were so overpowered with like half of Shatter's weaponry inside of it, it it's just hilarious. Um, <laughs> yeah. So. Um, so emulsifier 30 pounds, are you guys doing anything different with it heading into the next, like the next round of competitions, the next season of Norwalk? Well, like I said, we're really hoping to to do another rev on the mini bots, um, and get those into a better place. Um, cause we think that'll be key is just having the right mini bots for people. Um, we were also really happy with the performance of the forks that we used, um, against Megatron. Uh, we thought those were working really well. So we'll probably do some iterations on the forks um, and such. Uh, we're trying to figure out, we might change the aesthetics of the 30 to match the aesthetics of the heavyweight design that we submitted because um, it looked pretty cool. <laughs> so we'll see. We we might do that. But um, overall, it works. You know, we're not going to have a lot of big changes. It'll look pretty similar, but, you know, the ground game in the front will evolve. The mini bots will evolve. And, and I think aesthetically, we might we might uh, we might paint it this time. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, no, you should. I mean, like especially, and this is a good segue. Uh, considering that was one of the most anticipated and enjoyed uh, application videos from this like application season for the next season of BattleBots. Um, so let's get into heavyweights, man. Heavyweight emulsifier. What's going on with that? What's the thought process right now? Are you guys still bully about it? I know that uh, the next season's still up in the air. Everything's up in the air in BattleBots HQ. Um, but where are you at in the process right now? Yeah, I mean, it's heavyweights are tricky because they're so, so expensive. Um, and the only game in town right now for heavyweights is BattleBots. And BattleBots is invite only. So... What are you to do? In the past, if you wanted to get on BattleBots, you built your heavyweight and you went to RoboGames. And if you didn't get on BattleBots, you still had fun at RoboGames. You had somewhere to go um, to use it and uh, to prove yourself um, and then uh, and have content and stuff for, for BattleBots. But now without that, you've got Florida, you've got um, Robotica is back, but they're both like sportsmen, which we wouldn't really be able to bring Emulsifier to. It wouldn't, it wouldn't really make since it would be very difficult to modify it for for those events so we can't as easily just build it whereas before when we got into heavyweights we just built um mega melvin brought it to robo games and, and then went to china and some stuff it would be a much riskier thing to build right now without knowing we're in the show because what are we going to do with you know a twenty thirty thousand dollar robot um yeah. we don't have any full combat and so right now we're kind of in a holding pattern, waiting to see like, okay, are we officially on? Um, and or like, can we get sponsors to buy into, you know, this this uncertainty? You know, we have heard really good things from the show. They're really excited about Emulsifier, um, but it's always really hard to get on um, as a rookie bot. You know, we're not a rookie team, but it's a rookie bot. So um, there's a lot of competition for those spots. So. We've heard good things from them, but there's no official there's no official invite sent out yet. We haven't gotten a, a no, so that's good. Um, but you know, we we have other things in the mix. We're also thinking like, hey, maybe we can bring it and it can be our bounty bot, right? So shatters in the tournament, and then when we go to bounties, we can just use emulsifier. We don't know if that'll be allowed or not. You know, if we just throw it in the crater, right. bring it, you know, like, uh, you know, who, what, why not? Right? It's there. Um, so we're, we're not sure if, if we'll try to do something like that. Um, but that of course would rely on us building it. Um, it's, it's pretty expensive to build robots at that weight class. So, and material prices right now are, are insane. <laughs> the cost of, yes. of metals and, and machining and, and trying to, to use any overseas places to discount it is also really difficult. Um, because the COVID situation in, in a lot of places is is unreliable to, to rely on them on for for quick turn parts. And when you're building for BattleBots, it's always pretty quick turn. Um, so there's there's a lot of things up in the air. Uh, if we get a yes, you know, we're, we're going to build it. And so the question is, can we get a yes early enough? And, and can we get the sponsors 
in line to build it. Um, it'll probably be a different set of sponsors for Emulsifier versus um, Shatter. Um, so, you know, trying to get that all lined up is also its own uh, its own challenges. But we've got a cool sponsor potentially in the mix we're really excited about. Um, so it, it's kind of a, you know, it's it's these kind of cascading things, right? Once BattleBot says yes, and we can we can pull the trigger on some sponsors uh, and and start getting built. Um, and it, it's all these, this is what's always so tricky because, you know, with TV contracts in the mix, it's always a, always a mess. <laughs> it's always up in the air, yeah. Now, this is an interesting question. Uh, you know, BattleBots, the challenge is, right, like, they get the same amount of time to prep as a cooking competition show or like the knife making competition shows. Right. Um, but those people like literally you just show up and you cook and they have to buy food or with the knife making. All right. We got to make sure we have the right kinds of steel here. Great. You know, awesome. That's pretty much it. The forge already exists. All that's there. Um, BattleBots, that's a little bit more challenging. You guys have a very short turnaround to, to get these newer bots out there, especially. Yeah, it's do you have I mean bots FC is like well known, right? As being an organized team, a cohesive team, a team that like looks the part. You've always got the the nice jerseys, you got the you got the stuff together, you look like a good soccer club. Um, is there somebody on your team that like focuses on sponsorship acquisitions, on managing that kind of stuff? Or is that just like everybody has contacts, everybody brings stuff in? How does that kind of work out? Yeah. Um, so Paul is is officially our our head of, of sponsorship relations um uh overall. So so he does a, a ton of of managing those relationships. Um and yeah, you know, we we try to split up a lot of the, the team duties um as evenly as possible. Paul does a lot of the sponsorships. Um and Mary runs uh, a lot of our social accounts. Uh, and then uh, I do a, a lot of the like design of, of, of jerseys and things. Um, and Paul and I and, and everyone work together on, on the design of the robot. And then, of course, um, uh, Eric has always been helping me build everything um, for years and years. And, and everyone is, is helping out these days, put it, put it together. Mary is famous for, for doing all the shiny bits. <laughs> uh, painstakingly uh making it look beautiful um but yeah we, we we always split it up and it is a lot of work um to to find sponsors sponsors and and you know we are very grateful for all our sponsors i'm not i'm not trying to say like oh it's, it's too much work or something like it's it's deserved work right like they're they're helping us and then we need to help them um, so, you know, we make content for our sponsors um, and we try to put out content and, and mention them. And so we try and we try to look good. Um, so all this stuff um, is important, but it is it is a lot of work. So we definitely have people on the team who are, are working on those things, and making sure we maintain relationships and keep everything looking good um, so that people want to be part of the team. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's really good to hear. Is another it is another thing that's really tricky for the rookie teams though, because when you're a rookie team and you're coming in, like you're trying to get sponsors. Generally, a lot of people are going for similar sponsors. Are you going to sponsor a new team? Or are you going to sponsor an existing team? It's, it's another thing that's really hard for the new teams. It makes it, um, it's difficult to come in. And you mentioned like the quick turn build. And, and I wanted to circle back to that because that's a really good point. I think that's really different about BattleBots versus all the other competition shows. Like, obviously, when people are going on a competition show, they train, right? But most competition shows are around skills that you can use elsewhere. Um, like, you know, if you're going on a, a sword making show, you you're like a blacksmith and you're making swords and knives either as a hobby or as a, a profession, um, and you can just do that. And you can go to events or, and sell them or, you know, do everything. But with these BattleBots right now, these heavyweights, like literally we, we can only go to BattleBots, right? They're, they're, unless you go to the sportsman, that BattleBots is the only full combat right now. So the only reason we're building these is because of BattleBots, right? Even when you go to, like, I remember there was a car reality series, right? But they use drift cars that were from drift events, right? So after the show, they had a car that was useful for something else. After BattleBots, the robots are <laughs> they're fairly uh, fairly useless outside of the outside of the show. So it is really tricky, and another really hard 
thing for the rookie teams because whereas the veteran teams kind of like you'll work on it in the off season, hopefully anticipating a new season, but the rookie is like they they've never built it before. There's no guarantee. Um, you know, they're not necessarily having as much time to build it. So it, it's enough, and they have to build it all from scratch, right? Instead of starting with something. So it does put a, the newbies at right. a significant disadvantage and it is a, it, much different than the other reality shows. And yeah, the TV uh, overlords, I'm not sure if they, they really realize <laughs> all those time constraints um, that we have versus the cooking shows, but uh, yeah. No. And I mean, I used to do uh, scenic construction work for TV and film and all that stuff. And the timeline on, you know, we need this gorgeous, beautiful, ginormous room built in this sound studio and we need it next week. And you're like, that's not a thing. We can't let's reschedule that, <laughs> you know, and those it's a hard conversation to have with folks. You know what I mean? They they want their timeline to be what the timeline is. It's it takes a lot of experience to learn, you know, how long it really does take to build yeah. these things. And that just comes to set, something they use every day. This is, as you said, a very custom piece of machinery that you can literally only use in one place. Uh, something I wanted to just clarify for some of our, our fans that may not be up on the lingo, sportsman events, mm. uh, for instance, like Robot Ruckus in Orlando. These are events where the robots are not really destructive, right? There are limits on how powerful the weapons can be. There are limits on what the weapons can do. So you... They're really useful for uh, builders that want to get reps in, that want to go out and do driving practice, that want to do like competition practice, but you're not going to wreck your robot every time. It's not going to cost you thousands of dollars to repair your robot after every competition. Um, and they're really awesome and they're really fun, but it also means that the arenas are not exactly built to contain all of the kilojoules that you're being that are being generated by these big spinner weapons or these big hammer weapons or these big things that you're seeing on BattleBots the TV show or Robot Wars the TV yeah. show. Sportsman um has evolved. You know, originally it was a it was a league uh, just made to like it was made to have fun like you're saying, right? It was no spinners and also no wedges uh, allowed in in original Sportsman. Yep. These days, much more lenient on the no wedges rules, um but it's still very much no spinners. Um, you can have things like a saw blade, but there's very low tip speed limits for, for how fast it can spin. Um, it's a great division to get started in. They have 30 pound sportsmen as well. Um, um, I think they're doing that at NHRL now, um, as well. And, and it's great. Cause yeah, like you're saying, your robot doesn't get trashed into a bunch of parts. You know, you can still have a pretty damaging fight if you're fighting like uh technically knockoff white could could compete in sportsmen. I don't because I feel like it's not very sporting <laughs> if I were to do so. Um, but you can get some damage. No, that would not be nice. <laughs> it would be pretty mean. Um, you can get some damage, but overall, it's it's flippers, it's lifters, it's hammers, it's uh, it's fun stuff, saw blaze esque things that are are less damaging than you know just a, an old kind of saw. And uh, you know. It, 30 pounds is a great weight class for that too. Cause you can just get drill motors, you know, and, and, and hack something together and go have fun and win some fights and, and have your robot at the end of the day too. You know, when you go to these full combat events, you, <laughs> you're probably going home with a, a bag of parts, even if you, if you win the event. Um, yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah. So the heavyweight sportsmen's are basically no spinners is pretty much the only rule. Um, the arenas are much smaller, like you mentioned, much less uh, containment. Um, so it's still fun. You're slamming each other around. You're flipping each other and stuff. But yeah, no no spinners. So emulsifier would be uh, kind of a no-go. I remember uh, famously, um, Witch Doctor entered the sportsman event at Robot Ruckus, and they changed their name to Colson Doctor and replaced the spinning discs with Colson uh, wheels uh, and just had a spinning That's wheel right. at the front, which was pretty funny. Yeah, and they had uh, Hypershock was there called uh, Hyperschlock, uh, and it replaced the spinner with uh, two saw blades. But uh, in true Will Bales fashion, he never actually got them spinning for the event. <laughs> so they were just there as decoration. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it, um, and I believe that was the event where they did end up breaking the arena because the, uh, you know, the heavyweight iterations have gotten so much that even the motors on those uh were just too powerful and they just slammed into the walls enough times that they finally just broke that arena <laughs> and paused the whole thing yeah even with no, no spinners and and such a small arena just 10 feet of of run up into the wall was enough to to break the wall so 
yeah, people forget, you know, how big and heavy and fast and powerful these robots are. Even without the spinners, just the drive is breaking down, you know, bulletproof walls and stuff of, of this this arena, which can contain the the thirty pound full full KE weapons. So it's um it's pretty nuts how much power is in, in the heavies. But uh, yeah, I, I think they repaired the arena since then. Oh <laughs> yes, they've had to spend a lot of time repairing the arena since then. Yes, that was uh. That was one of my favorite photos of Lilith ever, who's the event organizer for Robot Ruckus, where she's just standing there looking at the damage to the arena, like trying to figure out how to finish the competition. And just you see this look of realization on her face where she's like, oh, this isn't going to happen. No, we're done. We, we're all going home now. <laughs> yeah, we, we were there at that event. We weren't doing too well. And I was where we were going to lose because at the time, I think we were the two year reigning uh, champions or something because there was a year it didn't happen. Um, or something and maybe that was okay so what happened was i think we won it in 2018 2019 was the year the arena broke then 2020 uh didn't happen and then i think they did do 2021 did. so we were like the three-year reigning champs because we won the year before the arena broke and then <laughs> covid that's three, awesome. three year running champs is, the, is how i see it <laughs> no asterisks involved that's perfect all right, no, so no, let's no, no asterisks. So let's talk about Shatter. So uh, you know that Shatter's got an invite, right? Like at this point, Shatter is a, a staple at BattleBots. It's a uh, it's a beloved bot. Um, don't have a toy deal yet, but let's let's all be honest. It's coming at some point, right? You've got one, right? Let's cross I those fingers. But so. Um, but so, what are the upgrades? What are the plans? I mean, you guys have really been dialing that design in. You've been figuring out how to optimize it as, as well as possible and really like finding that that balance between a beautiful robot and an actually really effective and damaging robot. Um, so where are you at with the design right now? What are you thinking as far as improvements, changes from last season? Yeah. So last season, um, you know, we had that fight against uh, Riptide that didn't go so well. Um, really, we, we were not excited about that matchup. As soon as we found out, we were just like, ah. Oh. Because we didn't have a good setup for wide uh, verts with a ton of bite. When you go up against someone like Minotaur, they grind more. And our armor was really good at countering that kind of grinding action of their really fast uh, drum spinner. A Riptide's drum thing, a beater bar, was bigger, a bit slower, um, way more MOI. And they also had these tiny little wedgelets at the side. Uh, we didn't expect them to have weight to run those wedgelets. And so we kind of took a gamble and went with our anti-horizontal setup because we thought, okay, their weapon will chew against the front of the plastic just like when we went against Minotaur. But because their wedgelets were a little bit longer, they were able to pop up the front of our robot and their really wide bar instead of grinding against the outside of our plastic, went under the front of the plastic and just got like one inch at its full width of the bar, one inch deep of bite on the plastic. And it just sheared all the bolts on the front, holding it on and it just went flying. And so did we. And so their, their wedgelet strategy with the big wide beater bar was just not, what we expected if you go back and watch knockoff white versus um it's one of the robots from uh robo gym i'm blanking on its name but it's a similar beater bar design if you go watch that fight from motorama um knockoff white performs really well with very similar uhmw front setup because the egg beater just kind of spins against the wedge can't get a bite on the right. uhmw we come over the top we punch the battery we win the fight we were hoping we would be able to do something similar. They would hit our front, not be able to get a bite. We could come over the top. But the problem was their bite was insane. We, we were not getting any, like, we couldn't go front to front. As soon as you can't go front to front in BattleBots, it, it's kind of game over, right? I'm trying to go around in a circle, get to the side. All they have to do is, is just come at me. Um, which they did. And uh, we did get eventually an over the top shot. And we smacked it right in the back, in the same spot where we hit um, the robot at Motorama. But their battery wasn't located there. And um, 
when we looked in the battery tent, like when we're at the cooldown tent at BattleBots, and you can see this in our post fight, uh, we actually had, we were like like this close to hitting their receiver batteries. Anyway, to back up, you know, we almost won, but horribly lost. Um, and it was all because of the setup, right? The setup is, is really important. We didn't have a setup for a wide vert. Um, so every year we go to BattleBots, we come up with more and more setups. And what we've really been thinking about is like, what can we do in the setup here? So we're basically going to have a front option that's going to look really similar to some of the front options that you see on Sawblaze in terms of his long uh, prongs, uh, sort of like double wedgelets, almost it's like wedgelets on an extender kind of vibe. Um, and the hope here is that we can we can do something more similar to what Sawblaze did against um, against Riptide and, and just be more confident in that front to front. So putting a lot of effort in the front. Of course, that weighs a lot more than our current front setups. And so what we're doing is our entire billet chassis, um, we're rethinking some of the ways that we machine our lightning holes. So we've made the frame somewhere around eight, nine pounds lighter um, just mm -hmm. in the chassis. Um, so it was somewhere around 70 pounds for that block before. Now it's somewhere around 60 pounds. Um, so and not only did we make it lighter, we've also made it stronger. Um, so it was a great combo. We were previously, our lightning holes were a bit inefficient um, in how they were laid out. So we've just made it a more efficient, structurally strong design. Previously, we had sort of like weak points in the design um, where it would kind of, the, the frame would buckle, which also happened in that Riptide fight is, is why we ended up stopping as the frame kind of buckled and the magnets hit the ground. So the frame shouldn't buckle in those locations anymore. It's more of a consistent beam structure, significantly lighter. Um, the magnets are also mounted in a way so that they can't hit the ground if the frame buckles and lift our wheel up, right? Before they were just hard mounted magnets. Now the magnets are kind of on a little um, up and down slide. So if the frame does buckle again, the magnet will be on the ground, but it'll slide up so that our wheel is also on the ground. Um, so that should definitely um, help. Uh, so we're just trying to get those weak spots out. So improve front setups uh, so that we have a design for everybody that we're confident in. Um, improved chassis that's lighter that allows for that, um, but also stronger to avoid some of those buckling issues. Improved magnet design. Um, we also have like uh, increased armor on the sides and back. Um, the sides have always been pretty good for us, but we've always we're always susceptible to rear hits. That was actually the hit from Riptide that buckled the frame. Is this little hit on the back they got um so you know we we've got improved armor strategies for the the sides and rear in addition to the new front setups overall it's probably going to look really similar to last season but with a ton of changes inside um to enable uh that the biggest change you'll visually see is going to be those new forks on the front um and we'll probably bring back some shiny tops like we had um uh in the previous season um, so last season we ran the black tops every fight, but we'll probably have the shiny tops um, at least for for some fights again. We're really happy with the performance of the Mary Special. Um, we're also really happy with the performance of our new shock mounted hammer um, head. So those will probably be back. Um, so tweaks the design overall. I'm um, just more efficiency um, and and getting it all dialed in. Yeah, um, yeah. Riptide, uh, you know, a lot can be said about that team. Really successful rookie run. Um, one thing that I think that is just very clear from all of their fights is, man, did they do their homework. Like, they came in really just knowing, like, a lot of the tricks of the trade before they've ever had the experience. You know what I mean? You can tell that they've been in all the forums. You can tell that they've been doing the research. And, you know, that's really commendable in a lot of ways. Like, they, they, they were... Uh, that was definitely not a a uh, a a fluke of a loss. They did their work. <laughs> you know what I mean. They did they did well in that one. Yeah, I, they are a good bot. I mean, it's a proven design. We we've seen these egg beaters um, a lot. You know, not necessarily in battle bots, but but these egg beater designs do really well in the lower weight classes. So you know, it wasn't surprising that they were going to come out and do well. And and we knew that was a tough design for us to take. Like we we're like we just don't yeah. have a great wide vert setup. We had really good narrow vert setups. We were like, this is a tricky design. And, um, you know, it 
it was a great rookie run for them. Normally, you rookies come out and and they have lots of issues, you know, stuff shaking loose or stuff breaking, and they did have some of those issues, but they got a lot of them ironed out. I'm always so annoyed, you know, when people come up to me right before our fight and like, "Hey, we found this huge flaw in our robot. We just fixed it." <sighs> Couldn't you have left <laughs> one more fight? <laughs> just one more. Come on. Always, always fixing the flaws right before our fight. Um, <laughs> Yeah, you know, they, they fixed their bearings before our fight, and so they were still spinning at the end. They they got it all all dialed in. Um, their earlier fights were having bearing issues, so I, I had been expecting, I was like, you know, maybe they're going to hit really hard, but, like, if we hit them enough, we'll break their bearings, like happened in the previous fights. And then they came up to us, and they're like, we totally changed our bearings, they're not going to break this time. I was like, oh, man. <laughs> that, was <laughs> but, that was what we were counting on. Yeah. Did you guys ever uh did you guys ever like get hit up by Kyle and the uh and the glitch team uh for assistance with their wheels <laughs> with their drive oh. setup? So we had talked to them a, a few times uh leading up to the competition. Um I think they ended up using the same supplier that we get our wheels from um cuz they had been looking at some other ones where like oh, you probably don't want to use those. You want to use some some heavier duty ones. So we had definitely talked to them a few times in the run up to the season. Um and so they also had a really great season. Um, didn't really move very well, <laughs> but they, no. had a lot of power. <laughs> they had a lot of power in that weapon. I, I kept being stuff like, how are they still winning? How are they winning these fights? It's like, they're not <laughs> even moving. Uh, but they, they uh, didn't have to move. Yeah. No, that was, uh, they, it, it all worked out for them in a very odd way. The way Kyle like describes it, he's like, yeah, we made just the right mistakes. <laughs> it worked out really well for us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's like they're just so low, you know. It, 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 that's a mistake that a lot of rookie teams make. Is like they think the floor is going to be flat, and even the new floor is not flat. Um, right. You know, the, the panels are all a little bit off from each other, and there is a little bit of warping in some of them now these days from all the big hits they've been taking. Um, so yeah, they I think they just relied on the floor being a little bit flatter than than it was. Um, but when it did start moving, it looked cool. Um, so yeah, we we had talked to them a little bit. It was it was great to see another um you know drifting robot doing doing pretty good. Um, so we were we were happy about that. Um, but yeah, I I think you know we might be seeing more egg beaters at BattleBots now uh, after uh the glitch and Riptide's performances. Yeah, I think that you're probably very right about that. I think you're probably very right about that. Um, so going forward as to the new season of BattleBots, I know we are looking at. Uh, the merger with Discovery. Um, it's a whole new corporation there. Um, I know that the the season was kind of guaranteed, but not guaranteed. And now we're looking at this kind of uncertainty going forward. Um, it seems as though, by all accounts, the the new season is going to happen. I know that nobody really has any any confirmation on this. Um, but I also know that you've been doing some like kind of coordinating and organizing with a lot of the other builders and a lot of the other captains. Um, how are those discussions going? How are those conversations going with BattleBots HQ? Uh, are you guys, you know, um, having productive talks leading up into this next season? And how are you guys kind of handling the new merger and the new expectations from Discovery? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, in terms of the builders and, and negotiations, you know, and, and talking with BattleBots, something we realized over the past season was like, we've never really asked for anything before as builders, like with one voice, we've never said, hey, wouldn't it be cool if we had more porta potties, <laughs> right? We've never really put it together into a in an actual like list of things that, hey, builders would like to see happen. It's mostly small stuff like that. And so... um we just did a few surveys and, and put together some lists of, of things that that uh, we'd like to see happen. And, you know, stuff in there like rules uh, and, and such that that we've been talking about. And it's been really good. I, I think mostly what we're trying to do is just make BattleBots aware of what builders are thinking, because when you're BattleBots and you're dealing with 60, 70 teams, you know, that's a lot of voices. You can't possibly listen to everybody and you've got so much else going on. So. Really, what we've been doing on the builder side is just listening to people and kind of consolidating it and and just giving that information to BattleBots. Like, here's what people are thinking, um, and here's what would really make people happy, um, and maybe here's some other areas we don't really need to work on that. Um, so it's been really good. We we've been involved in, in new rules conversations. So 
think some of the supporters have been getting some insights into those as well. Yeah. Um, so there's some cool stuff I think coming um, on the rules front uh, for next season. Um, you know, builder's contract uh, should be cooler. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, but, you know, <laughs> in terms of discovery in the network, uh, you know, everything's ongoing. Planning is happening. You know, talks are happening. Um, we're hoping to film later this year. Uh, you know, we, we just got to nail down when when it's going to happen and, and get every, everything signed. But uh, everything's happening. Talks are happening. Things are progressing. Um, it's just, yeah, with a merger, things are maybe taking a little bit longer than, than they would have if there, there was no merger. Uh, but I don't think that's a surprise to anyone. Um, but yeah. No. Yeah, it's coming. That's awesome. No, it's it sounds super productive, uh, you know, compared to the kind of chaos that that had been going. Perhaps this little break is good because there's a little bit more time to get the consensus. Hey, what is everybody thinking? How are you guys feeling about this? Like, what can we do to make this better for everybody? Yeah, I mean, last season was a wild season for so many reasons. I mean, the first time being back in Vegas and it was so hot, <laughs> uh, you know, the, the tables that are, are shocking everyone and the groin. Um, with static shocks uh, from the plastic floor. Uh, and then, you know, a few rule kerfluffles that happened that, that people uh, got upset about and uh, and COVID restrictions and everything else. But, but having the fans back, there was a lot going on. Um, a little bit of a break, I, I, I think, is uh, welcomed because people have been having such a crazy few years. So I don't think anyone's complaining too much about a little bit of a break. Uh, you know, a little bit um, of time to, to relax. But uh, yeah, you know, everything's progressing. You know, season is still on track to happen. Um, and yeah, a little bit of breathing room is, is nice to have after a few <laughs> just wild years in, in every respect. All right. Um, so uh, you may or may not be allowed to say this, but I've been told I need to ask you, what is happening with the shelf? Is it coming back? Is it turning into a cave? Is it turning into a pit? Are we going full British? Like, what's the plan? Uh, no comment on the shelf. Uh, <laughs> I think you'll have to get you'll have to get Trey on to uh, to talk about. The oh, shelf. we will. We're gonna pin that guest down. Don't you worry. <laughs> oh, I appreciate that. Um, so just real briefly, what are you doing in the off season? What's uh, what's like, what is your, your hobbies right now that you're not frantically building a robot now that you're not, you know, like, what are you working on right now? When I'm not consumed with stress over, um, you know, contract negotiations or BattleBot design or NHRL design, what, what do I do? Um, oh, we just got an inflatable kayak. Um, so that's been pretty fun. Been out paddling a few times um, around Brooklyn. There's this cool place called the uh, Gateway Recreation Area um, in South Brooklyn. And you can pretty much only get there via car. So it's like completely empty um, whenever we go to any of it. And you just plop the kayak in the water and go out and, on the bay. And it's pretty nice. Um, I've been really into inflatable things in general. So I, I also got an inflatable um, sailboat. It's like, a, if you've ever seen a Hobie cat, it's like a little catamaran that you can launch off the beach. Um, this is like that, but the hulls are like big inflatable pontoons. Uh, so you can fit like four people on it um, and go out. I haven't taken it out yet. I'm really excited about that. Um, got a great deal uh, off of Craig. <laughs> um, so uh, pretty excited to take that out one of these days. Um, yeah, just, I, I don't know, getting out, going on the water. Um, uh, I have a I have a dog, um, so you know, hanging out with a dog, going on walks. But <laughs> <laughs> um, well, yeah, I don't know. I, I've been having a good summer, just kind of relaxing. Um, of course, work is is takes a lot of time, but um, yeah, I don't know. I've been just kind of relaxing a little bit and and going out in the water and going for walks and just spending time outside. I've been having good weather lately. Yeah, we have we have up in the northeast for sure. How is, uh, are you still building the bot primarily in your basement? <laughs> so, yeah, this basement is a mess right now, hence uh, my uh, my background um, being covered up. Um, we have a lot of stuff in the basement. We have a lot of stuff at the, uh, the Frog uh, Studio shop uh, as well. Usually what will happen is I have a lot of stuff here. We'll bring it to, like, the shop, 
We'll get the new stuff in. We'll assemble it at Frog because Frog has a loading dock. I don't really have a loading dock at, at my apartment, so difficult right. to ship <laughs> gigantic crates from here. Um, so we'll put the crates together at the office and then ship them out um, from there. So you, you, it's like a combination of the basement and the office. But it is tough being in Brooklyn. We don't have a lot of space. Um, it, it was funny. Uh, Smee is in Manhattan, and Joe would put it all together in his apartment. And he would size his crate based on his door so that he could wheel it through his door and then into the elevator. And so that was how big his crate could be. So his crate was very tall and narrow, like a doorway, um, which was funny. So so he was pretty ingenious about it. But um, uh, Shatter, ironically, takes a lot more room than Smee uh, to, to ship. So we have these two gigantic crates um, to ship out. But uh, yeah, we're still primarily in the basement, a little bit of, of, of use in uh, the office shop when, when we're shipping stuff out. Yeah, I was trying to look. I was like, maybe, maybe I could get like a space somewhere. And then it turns out that you know, rent in Brooklyn is really expensive for uh, for everything. <laughs> so, yes, even industrial space, parking spaces, uh, workshop space, yeah. all of it. Yes, yeah, that was that was wild. Yes, I was like, mm, maybe I'll just try to cram more stuff in this basement. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, Adam, thank you so much for joining us today. We've had a really nice time talking to you. We are very much so looking forward to seeing you guys at Norwalk Havoc and in the Battle Box again soon. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me. Um, very excited to hit up uh, NHRL again this season, hopefully with the two bots. Um, we're hoping to have two bots at Battle Bots again. So everyone check them out. Always happy to be on the show. Um, thanks for having me. Uh, maybe next time I can get some more of my teammates to join in person instead of uh, just in, in my uh, background. <laughs> camera background. In background. Um, I got to give a shout out to our sponsors. Uh, or you know, Yeah, please. We've got uh, Prismere is our, our main sponsor, uh, our, our headline sponsor who does a lot of our, our machining, uh, all our aluminum machining on the robot. And we couldn't do anything with, without them. Max Amps uh, gets our, our great um, batteries, TMS Titanium. Um, gets us our great titanium and then we have a new sponsor joining this season um, which is fly sky um, transmitters so we have a real this is another update uh, to the robot we have a really slick transmitter uh, for next season um, we're really excited about it. it's a new uh, paladin ev transmitter and, and we've got all new receivers um, we had a few transmission issues last season our radio was getting old it was discontinued so Fly Sky's new stuff is is really slick. It's made for engineering models, and we're like, hey, this is a this is an engineering model. Um, it's got really <laughs> slick knobs at the end of the the sticks by default, so we're we're really excited about that. Um, it's called yeah. So thank you, Fly Sky. Thank you, Max Amps. Thank you, TMS Titanium, and thank you, Prismere, for making that possible. Thank you very much, and Adam, we will see you sometime soon, my friend. After the break, we'll return with this week's installment of Robots Around the World. Welcome back from the break. Time for Robots Around the World. This week, we're traveling to San Francisco. In San Francisco. <laughs> Where a startup called Clockwork is testing out a new robot that can paint your nails in 10 minutes or less using artificial intelligence. The robot, called Minicure, is currently being tested in a small number of Target stores in the U.S. I actually saw a video of this happening the other day. Um, to use Minicure, you choose a nail polish color and insert it into the machine. You then stick your hand into the, into the machine, giving it full trust. <laughs> <laughs> and it uses cameras to figure out the size and location of your fingernails before getting to work painting each nail one by one. If you want to try out Minicure yourself... It's available in a couple of stores and in San Francisco, in the San Francisco Bay Area, Texas, and Minnesota. It's a, it's actually a really interesting mechanism the way it works. So the, what the AI does is first it scans uh, all of your fingernails right with like a laser, 
Yeah. Uh, and then like a little set of hands comes down <laughs> out of the bot and it rips each of your fingernails off. <laughs> and then it puts them into a little spray booth inside of the bot and it sprays them all and then reattaches them with uh, Gorilla Glue. Wow. Uh, that sounds excruciating. Well, you know what? Sometimes progress is painful, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> Anything for a little convenience, I say. <laughs> I would have called it, instead of mi- mini-cure, I would have called it cute-cole. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, that's about it for us today. We want to thank Nicole for editing this week's episode. She does such a great job for us. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We'll be back in your feed next week with another mystery guest. And check out Norwalk Havoc this weekend, Saturday and Sunday. All day long, so no excuses. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. There once was a bot who's from the sea. The name of the bot was the Kraken of Teach. The lights went up, the buzzer sounds all go, my scaly girl go. Soon may the spinner man come to knock her teeth right from her gums. One day when the fighting is done, she'll take her teeth and go. She'd not been two weeks from shore When out did come her metal jaw The captain called all hands and swore He'd take that spinner in tow <gasps> Soon may the spinner man come To knock her teeth right from her gums One day when the fighting is done She'll take her